Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. You can grab a seat this morning. I'm just going to pray for you as you settle in, Jesus. I thank you. We look in the mirror of love this morning. That mirror is not just some fabricated thing. That mirror is your face. That mirror is your eyes as the father looks upon his son or his daughter. You're doing that to your people this morning. And we, we, we gain our identity from allowing you to lock gaze with us. And this morning, we're not going to look away. We're not going to let shame, rejection, deflect to other things. We are going to stand and bask in the goodness of God this morning. And I've sat with my mentor, and you guys all know that Mark Head cares for Sarah and I. And in this very room, in this very spot right here, all the lights off, two chairs, Mark and Mark. And, uh, and talking about painful things in my life and, and God's like in this, this gap in the middle and everything in me wanting to turn away because it's shameful and it hurts and it's whatever. You know, we don't like ugly stuff. We like nice stuff. This wasn't nice stuff. Don't look away this morning. Don't look away this morning. Let God's face light upon you this morning. Yeah, there's stuff to work on, and yeah, there's a past, and there's also a future. There's yesterday, but there's also tomorrow. There's a great line in the movie King Arthur. He's holding the great sword, Excalibur. It holds the testimony of every great king that's gone before him, one being his father. And he's holding the sword, and the sword is trying to tell him a story. The sword is trying to show him things that have been passed. And he doesn't want to look at it because part of that is how his father died and all this other stuff going on. This is a fantasy story, but it's rad. And, um, and, uh, and he's with a mage, like a, you know, I think that's like a, anyway. And... Um, and, 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 and she's, like, she's like, everyone looks away. Even I look away. But she says, but a king never looks away. The king is unafraid. The king is present. The king is here. Don't look away this morning. Don't, you know, deflect or get on your phone. Or just go on Facebook. Be present this morning. When we see God, we see the true and authentic version of ourselves. When we allow the face of Jesus Christ, the face of God, when we allow the Holy Spirit to shine upon us, the, the true version of ourselves emerges. Like only the potter knowing what he's going to fashion out of that old lump of clay that he draws out of the side of the riverbed. So is our lives 
in the hands of God. He knows what He is doing with your life. He knows why you are here this morning. He is not making mistakes with what He is creating, with what He is forging. Even maybe right now with the pain that, that you may be going through because of, of a, a relationship, God knows what He is doing with your life this morning. And there's a beautiful passage that says, who is the clay to say to the potter, why have you made me this way? The world needs you. The world needs your unique expression of the hands of God that you could say, look at my life. God shaped it and God molded it and, and he's still working on it. And, and don't say to the potter this morning, God, you, you're messing it up. It's not falling apart. It's falling together this morning. Life is not coming apart. I'm telling you, it's coming together in the hands of God because this is who he is and this is what he does. Only a potter can bring something beautiful out of a grubby lump of clay. Only a refiner can bring gold out of a seemingly worthless piece of dirt. And he is the ultimate refiner, bringing out the gold in you this morning, bringing out the goodness in you this morning. He can see it in you because it's been in there since ever. He's like, I knew you before you were even in your mum's puku, before she got hapu. I knew you. I've hidden gold inside of you. And man, there might be some of you here this morning and, and things have just tried to cover it up. God's bringing it back out this morning. I went to farmers, I'll preach in a minute. I went to farmers once. The man's side of the road, not the woman's side of the road. You know, the side where there's TVs and couches and stuff. You may, some of you may have heard this story. And Sarah's, I don't know what she's looking for, maybe, you know, a new vacuum or a new iron or something, you know, really practical. <laughs> Thank you. No, yeah, I yeah, yeah, everyone who knows Sarah, whatever. It was like some one-off mug. Like, can we just have a matching set? No. We've got a pink one and a green one and a white one with a gold rim. And that if you ever make the mistake of reheating your coffee with the gold rim mug, like fireworks, hence the microwave is long gone. And um, so she's looking for something that is of zero use apart from it's of no function. Sarah is a solely shops for form. How does it look? How does it feel? What is it, you know? It doesn't, not what it does, but what does it invoke in me? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this candle and what is it, you know? Invoke, well, we have the smallest house with the biggest plants in it. Can you like, can, you, can we have friends over? No, because the plants are where the friends should be. And uh, it's all good. But she's doing, you know, that stuff, which I don't understand. So I'm looking at the TVs because I get it. 4K, 8K, HD. Um, apart from the, so I find the biggest TV and I look at it and I'm like, it's dumb. I'm underwhelmed because it's on display. It's even got the speakers by it and the sound coming out of the speakers. They're actually plugged in. So it's the, the TV that's screaming, look at me. I even have sound. All the other screens just have images. And uh, so I'm looking at it and I look and I look and I'm like, hmm, not not convinced, and there's this, you know, there's a, uh, a assistant over there, but I'm a man, so I won't acknowledge that I need help or advice on anything, 
they eventually come over and they say, what are you, you know, looking at this TV? I was like, yeah, it's, I thought its picture would be better. And they're like, try, try, try it with these. And they gave me some glasses. And I put them on. It was like, wow, like there's dolphins swimming out of the TV. It was one of those scenery things and birds. And like, it was a 3D television. And I was trying to watch it with my 2D eyes. And the lens was, I just didn't have the right lens on. I was trying to engage with this thing. I, was, I wanted to get into it. So I'm all about this big TV. I, I want this, like Sarah's moved by the Ecoya candles, and I want to be moved by this TV. And I wasn't. And the shop assistant just politely said, just try it with these. And I slipped on these 3D glasses. I was like, flip. Seeing things I've never seen before. You know, maybe you just need to change or allow God to say, hey, try looking at life through these this morning. Take off the judgment. Take off the shame. Take off the disappointment. Take off the expectation. Take off all those things that your parents or your teachers told you you need to be, and you're always just trying to, see life right, but it just never sees like everyone else seems to be seeing it. God's got new lens. It's the lens of love this morning. He wants to awaken you. This is our series, Awaken Listening. But I really believe it this morning. This, as you, you go, you're going to walk out the doors. You're going to be like, wow, I'm seeing life totally differently. And I, all, I didn't even, I just had to like, like literally like this glasses on. That was, it was just like an elbow movement. It wasn't like a full turnaround or whatever. It was just the subtlest of changes changed everything. Maybe in your life this morning, it's just the subtlest of changes that could actually change everything. Just say, you know what, Jesus, I'm just going to, rather than saying no to you, Jesus, I'm just going to say yes to you, Jesus. A subtle change. And like God knows that another way of saying Yes is just no. So we say no to God. He's like, it's just a delayed yes. <laughs> it's just a yes in the making. That's how yes was made. God took no and he, and he formed it into a yes. And he's like, it's just, a, it's just a yes in the making. And some of you have got no, no, no. And God's like, it's just a yes in the making. Some of you are in church here today because it's been a no for years and years and years. But it's just been a yes in the making. And you're like, yeah, yeah, now I'm here. And I said no, but now I'm here because your no was a yes in the making. Just a subtle change. And I know as you do that this morning and just a little bit, that which was fuzzy and couldn't figure it out and you wanted to enjoy it, but you couldn't, God's going to give you a new lens this morning to view life through. And uh, thanks so much, team. I just want to go, I'll pray. Jesus, we just, we put a yes in our spirit to you this morning. We just say yes, whatever it is, whatever lens you want to change, whatever uh, tweak you want to make in our life, we just, before we go any further, just posture ourselves with it. We say yes, Lord. We, it's a yes of trust. It's a yes that has hopeful expectation 
um, attached to it. It is, it is a yes that is believing for a better day, for, for a new day. That It is a yes that is like, all right, I, I don't know what's going to be under my feet when I say yes, but I'm trusting and believing in God. It's going to be bedrock. It's going to be this unshakable uh, foundation in Jesus' name. Amen. So Sarah did possibly the greatest job ever last week of opening our new series, Awake and Listening. Uh, thank you, darling. And the greatest line, a desire to inquire. And I just really want us to carry that in our spirits as we go through this Awake and Listening series, that we would have a desire to inquire, like we are awake and listening. You know, wives have ever told your husband you're jobless for the weekend, they're awake, but they're not listening. They're like, uh-huh, 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 I need to go to Repco, I need to go to Super Cheap, I need to, you know, do this stuff. And they're there, we're, we're awake, but your wife, you know that your husband is not listening. And you're like, did you get that? And you're like, yes. And you kind of, then you just need guidance from your wife the whole day to achieve your jobless. So we're not just awake. We're not just like going through the motions of church and faith like we always have, but we are in a new day where we are awake and listening because God has something to say to us and something to say to you. And we truly believe, and I believe it is something new. It is not something that he has said in the past. It is not something he is just dredging up from the Old Testament or it is something fresh and something new for today because God has no lack in his kingdom. He has no problem coming up with a new idea because he has no shortage of them. So we're awake and we're listening. Uh, I remember waking up one morning and I I used to wear as a little child um, pajamas. They would have had diggers on them because I loved uh, heavy equipment, still do. And and so I'd wear my little jammies in bed and Mum used to knit our slippers, homemade slippers, and they would be at the side of the bed. So we'd wake up in the morning, we'd put on our little slippers, and we'd go uh, to the kitchen. And at the end of the kitchen counter, there was uh, like a little breakfast area where we'd all have breakfast every morning without fail. They'd bring out the tray with the spreads and the toaster, and we'd all have fam- uh, family breakfast, all six of us around this little thing on the table, uh, this little thing on the end of the bench. So I got up this morning. I hop out of bed, and I put on my slippers, and I walk down quite a long corridor, through another door, into the kitchen, and it's just mum and dad sitting at the breakfast table, and there's nothing out. And so I'm like, this is odd, it's always set. Uh, so I, not, I just walk on it, and I just, I just sit down on one of the little chairs at the counter, like, because it's morning and it's breakfast time, and mum and dad, why are you so unorganized this morning? Where's my toast? Um, and they look at me, and I look at them, and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? Why aren't you being parents doing your job? <laughs> like making toast, burnt. It's our dad's, dad's specialty, burnt toast. And uh, I'm not sure if he likes burnt toast because he actually likes it or just because he made so much of it, he had to find himself eating it. Um, so I sat, and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, it's breakfast time. They're like, Mark, it's, it's 10.30 at night. I'm like, I'm deeply confused. So I get up, and I walk back to my bed, and I hop in bed and go to sleep. And in the morning, they, I come out, and, you know, it's actually like 
what it was meant to be. Everyone's like, ha, 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 do you know what happened last night? I'm like, not really. Um, and all that happened was this. I'm fast asleep in my bed, and my brother walks in because we shared a room, and he turns the light on, and so the light, boom, comes on. So I just wake up. It's morning time. I put on my slippers. I get out of bed, and I walk down, and I sit at the thing, and I'm like, it's breakfast. Like, the lights were on, but nobody at all was home. And I was like thinking about this, and I was like, God's saying to me, how many of us are just going through the motions of faith? Like the light's on, like church is on, my Bible's open, the worship music's on at home. But are we rarely awake and listening to what God has to say for us, or are we just kind of going through the autopilot motion? Like, well, I just did that every single day. Got up, put on my slippers, walked down. And so my brother just turned the light on, I just sit up, slippers on, walk down, and they're like, no, you, you, you're, you're out of time. You're, it's bedtime. Go back to bed. And as we go through this awake and listening series, however long it decides to go for, Sarah and I's heart is, is that we are not just a church and not just a people that are just going through the motions of yesterday or going through the things that, we, that maybe we know work or maybe that we know don't work. And even in our, our marriages, Husbands, what worked last year, it won't work this year. Like, that's, that's just, that's a word of stupidity from me to you, having tried it and realized. You can't just keep doing this, the same thing, and we, we kind of accept this in, in some facets of our life, but God is speaking to us in this day, be awake and listening, for I have something new to say to you, something that I have not said to you before, and the world needs you to hear it. Why? Because the world needs something it's never needed before. It needs a new day, a new move, a new revolution of love to sweep across it, because there is a new and emerging generation that is not the last generation, it's the future generations. And God is saying, wake up. Be awake and be listening. As he said to Samuel, um, 1 Samuel 3, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, but the word of the Lord came to him. Wow, newsflash, God can speak to you even though you don't know him. How encouraging is that? God is more than happy to make the first move. Here's Samuel. He's asleep, and God wakes him up three times. And, and I think there's this process, because you know what it's like when you, your kid wants to get up for the rugby at night, so you get them up just so they sleep on the couch while you watch the rugby? God didn't want that to happen with Samuel, so he wakes him up, and he goes to Eli, and Eli's like, no, no, go, no. go back to bed. Like, it's not breakfast time. And he gets up again, and Eli's like, I've got my work cut out for me here with this guy. Go back to bed. It's, it's, not, it's not time. And again, the Lord speaks to Samuel. And he doesn't yet know. And Eli, again, he goes to Eli, his, his teacher, uh, the, the guy in the temple. And he's like, no, it's go back. And then Eli's like, hang on, God's speaking to you. So next time you get woken up, I think it was the fourth time, say to God, God, speak. Not just because your servant is awake, speak because your servant is listening. That your servant is ready to hear that word. And some of us have been woken up a few times in our life. We get saved. We get water baptized. We get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And all those moments of revelation, of waking up. And God is saying to us this morning, I'm going to speak to you. Be awake and listening. 
Not just the lights are on, but nobody home. Not just I'm nodding, I'm nodding, but I'm mowing the lawns, and I'm nodding, and I'm painting the house, and I'm nodding, and I'm thinking about which I'm going to have for lunch. No, no, we're awake, and we have a desire to inquire of the Lord. We have a desire to press and we have a desire not just to be awake, not just to be, to be in a room with God, but to be, God, what are you saying to me? What do you have to speak? And he says, and, and the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. I'm going to do something that's going to wake up people, that's going to grab their attention. But he's looking for a carrier of the revelation, a carrier of the, the new creative genius idea that God has for us to bring into humanity, for us to prophesy it and foresee it and then work it and, and walk it out on the face of the earth because yesterday's thing isn't going to fix tomorrow's issue. I worked in this big workshop when I started my apprenticeship, 17 years old into it, and I work with four guys, Bill, like total heavy, you'll love it, Bill, <laughs> Bill was the boss, Gary, Matt, and Kevin, and Mark the Apprentice, like it's just everything tradey about those names, Bill, Gary, Matt, Kevin, and this is, Bill was the boss, so this was Bill, do as I say, not as I do, I was like, I'd said to him once, well, this isn't how you do it, he's like, no, just do as I say, not as I do. Okay, so and then there was Gary who was like, do everything flat out, like just just a mile a minute. And then there was Matt, do everything just so you got it done. And then there was Kevin, like, do everything with absolute excellence. <laughs> so this is where I was raised as a mechanic, like, do as I say, not as I do. Do it, and I just got passed around the different mechanics. Do everything flat out, just you just got to go mile a minute, just. The faster the better, it's like this trophy of how fast you could finish a job. Matt, like, let's get the job done and then we'll take the long way home. You know, we did a lot of work out in the countryside. And then there was Kevin, we are not leaving until every dirty fingerprint, every drop of oil is polished off this machine, until every oil level is checked and double-checked and drain-bung, and this thing is like a new piece. I'm like, it's a 50-year-old bulldozer, so it doesn't matter principle. He was a Salvation Army man. And uh, mate, talk about military. They just drum it in there, man. You just used to play the, the saxophone on the back of the truck through town at Christmas time. But, uh, you know, and every time I'd work with these guys and I'd be passed around, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be doing it and I'd be like, but you know, when I was with Gary, no, 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 Gary doesn't do it right. Got to do it like this. And then I'd, I'd be with working, work with Matt, and uh, then I'll go and work with Kevin, I'll be like, oh, well, when I was with Matt, I'd, no, 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 you don't do it, you do it like this, and, and then you go and work with Bill, and he's just like, I'm just going to stay in the office, and I'll tell you what to do, I don't actually want to train you, I just want you to, to do as I say, and, and there was always this, this new way of doing something, and Jesus stands up, or I'm not sure if he was standing, but he delivers the Sermon on the Mount, his first big public address, and the crowds you know, come to Jesus and his disciples, but it says that he began to teach his disciples, but it says at the end that the crowds were amazed. So people kind of gathered to hear Jesus and he, and he starts with Beatitudes and, and salt and light. And then he starts to talk about a few things. And you know, you know what it's like when you're at a conference and finally the preacher 
preaches something you know about. And you're like, yeah, amen. And then they go on some other lofty revelation. You're like, nah, I'm not there. And then they bring it back. You're like, yeah, amen, I'm with you. Woo, great word, great word. And then it's, it's vanished. And we've had those moments where you're like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, amen. So Jesus is doing this. He's on the mountain. And he says to guys, you have heard it was said uh, to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And you could imagine, yeah, woo, Jesus, amen. We've had 2,000 years of this stuff. We got, yeah, no murder. Come on, Jesus, you're preaching our message. It's not the new guy on the scene. He's like, yeah. And he says, but I say, don't even think negative thoughts. This is Mark Percy version, towards. He does this six times. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. Like, yeah, that's right, Jesus. These eyes, mate, they're only, only, for, only for you, Jesus, and only for, you know, only for her, Jesus. And he's like, but I tell you, if you even think of it in your heart, it has been said anyone who divorces a wife, but I tell you, again, you have heard, but I tell you, you have heard it was said, but I tell you, this is number, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So Jesus enters the scene and he's like, you've heard it one way, but I'm telling you there's another way. I'm telling you there's a greater way. There's a higher way. And as we are awake and listening through this time, I believe that this is what Jesus is wanting to do for his church and to do for us. You've heard it one way. Maybe you've lived it for 40 or 50 years one way, but Jesus is saying, be awake and listening. For you've heard it, but I'm telling you something fresh in this season. I'm, I'm going to speak to be, have, tune your ears into the frequency of heaven. And allow the voice of God to cut through the static. Allow the breath of God to blow through the haze. Allow the fire of God to, to burn through the, the, the chaff and the straw that is in the way and allow the word of the Lord to come to you afresh in this time. For behold, I'm going to do a new thing, declares the Lord God Almighty. Be awake and be listening. When you hear the word of the Lord, do not harden your hearts like they did in the day of the rebellion. God is wanting, he's not stuck in this book. These guys had lived for thousands of years until Jesus came and flipped the script. Well, it's been thousands of years since he flipped the script. And we've heard it's done this way. And we've heard pray this way. And we've heard believe this way. And we've heard have faith this way. And we've heard expect this way. And we've heard serve this way. But I truly believe from the depths of my heart, God is saying, you have heard it do one way, but I want to speak to the body of Christ. There is a new way coming. He said in the Joel chapter 2, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and they will, they will see visions and they will prophesy. And he says in Romans 5, 5, it is through God's spirit that the love of the Father has been poured into the hearts of his people. That God wants the love to be the lens that we prophesy through. 
that God wants love to be the lens to be the so before we prophesy before we have a vision before we have a dream he's saying I want to pour into your life this love of God and that from that place the prophetic is going to flow from that place the visions are going to flow from that place the move of God is going to break forth as not his power or his providence or his promise or other P words, but as you know, Romans 5, his love by the power of the Spirit is poured into our hearts. I'm believing that is the the pouring out that the prophet Joel saw thousands of years ahead of time. Rend your hearts and not your garments. I'm sending you new grain and new wine, and then I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind. And they will prophesy. They will have something fresh from heaven will come to their eyes in their hearts and they will see a whole new way. That we're awake and that we're listening. But the the lens that we're seeing through, the new lens is this lens of the pouring out of God's love into our hearts. And like that person standing in the the face of God, seeing the true and authentic version of themselves reflected back and allowing God's love to affirm them and speak to them and remind them of, of who they are, like that potter reminding the pot, I've made you this way and I love you this way. And from that place, then begins to pour out the prophetic. Then we begin to hear what the voice of the Lord is is saying to us and speaking to us. But are, are we awake and listening? Or are we just, the lights are on, but nobody's home? Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.